Would you please help me greet our wonderful, wonderful friend, Pastor Hayne Shears from Colorado. Yearly he comes here and always bless us. Please, Pastor Hayne. He's going to share a word. Yeah, yeah. Well, I noticed, I was going to say, if you stay one step down like you did yesterday, then I'm comfortable with that. Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. Gosh, it's nice to see faces. I appreciate those that are watching. Um, we're glad that you can join us too, but it is nice to see faces. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I bring you greetings from my wife and daughter in Colorado Springs. Um, snowy this morning. And I'm glad to be here because I'm tired of shoveling my driveway. Uh, and then our other two kids are in college and thank God, I'm glad that they can, can be there rather than just looking at a computer screen. Although while they're there, they're probably looking at a computer screen. But at any rate, <laughs> such as it is. Um, I, have, I have a very special friend who's with me today, um, really unique. Uh, kind of a situation, but 20 plus years ago, my wife and I, and uh, later our two babies, um, we were pastoring and, and uh, directing a Bible school in Bangkok, Thailand, and did that for a number of years, and wonderful, wonderful people, and a great season of life. And um, one of our graduates uh, is actually now living in Vancouver, and um, through the magic of social media, um, we reconnected, and I just wanted to, I don't, Kristen, where are you? Can, can I just wave and say hi again? Huh? Oh, yeah, Kristen, would you stand up? This is, this is one of our Damata grads from Bangkok, Thailand, and her children. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming. I'm so glad that you only had to come 20-something miles and not 8,000 miles. So it's, we haven't seen each other for 20 years, give or take and um, got to say hi right before the service. And um, anyway, it's just both my wife and I, we love you guys and we're so glad to get to reconnect and see you in person. <laughs> so uh, that's just really fun. You know, the world is, is becoming a smaller and smaller place, amen. And then uh, another friend of mine, I, I can't say a guest, but another friend of mine uh, came along just to be a blessing. Some guy named Larry, uh, some of you may know him. Why don't you stand up and say hi. So now all of them want to hear you and not me, but sorry, I got the mic. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, Larry and, and his wife and their family and families, uh, we've, I don't know, we go back 18-ish years. And um, Natalia and Tanya used to babysit our kids, and um, now they have kids that need babysitting. So uh, if you bring them to Colorado, we'll watch your kids, okay? <laughs> Praise God. I'm, I'm so happy. Pastor, thank you for having me back. Um, you know, it's one thing to get invited to a church. It's another one to get invited back. And um, it's, it's always, it is genuinely a real honor for me to be here. Um, I, you know, got to do youth, youth conference quite a few years ago. Most of those youth are not youth now, <laughs> uh, including me. Um, and then a number of, of years now get to spend a week with the interns. And do we have any grads? I know we see some. Um, 
so get to do that again starting tomorrow morning. Looking forward to that very much. And uh, just, I so appreciate just the, the consistency of coming here. Amen. Of a, a church that still passionately loves Jesus, uh, has a real love for one another, has a real love for the word of God. Um, and I, it, is, it is really a privilege to get to open the word of God with you guys again this morning. Amen. So let's, let's pray and we'll dive into God's word. I believe that God has something wonderful for us. Amen. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you, Father, for your precious, holy written word. Father, we approach it with humble hearts, with hungry hearts. Father, we're so thankful for what we do know, but Lord, there's so much we don't. And then even things that we do know, Lord, we need to be reminded of. It's seeds that have been sown, but then sometimes they, they need to be watered and watered again and tended to. And um, Father, we, we trust you today to help us open our eyes. Father, I pray that you'd give me the words to say, think through my mind and speak through my lips. And Father, that your word would bring life, would bring faith, would bring answers and wisdom in the name of Jesus. And um, Holy Spirit, we look to you. You're the, you're the great teacher. You're the comforter. You're so much of, uh, of everything that we're looking for, we find in you. And we trust you. Uh, help us to work together well with you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you want to open your Bibles or swipe your phone or whatever you do, um, let's go over to Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, while you're turning, I also want to just say to the praise and worship team, could you guys raise your hand? Are you guys all sitting together or are you all over the place? Um, wow. Thank you. Uh, very genuinely, thank you. I, listen, that is such a, such a privilege to get to, for me as a speaker to come up and the atmosphere is just already thick with God. That, you know, you, it's like you, you get to have a running start at something or, or you know, the whole race is going to be downhill. Um, amen. So thank you. And, and you know what? Even if I wasn't speaking, thank you. Thank you for worshiping Jesus well. And I, I really sensed in my heart this kind of a, a picture was I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's working in your team and putting a fresh edge. You know, like if you've been working with tools for a long time, uh, a hatchet, a knife, a saw, whatever, in, in the process of use, they become dull. They can lose that, just that very, very fine, almost beyond what your eyes can see, that edge. And I just sense the Holy Spirit's working in you guys and bringing a fresh edge to that worship. And, and the other thought with that is this, is I know, especially with praise and worship right now in the body of Christ, it's super, super easy to compare not just even in this area, but around the world, all these great praise and worship leaders and praise and worship teams and things. And I just really sense, learn from others, and that's great, but don't compare yourselves to them in that process, right? The Bible says when we compare ourselves with one another, we're unwise, and it, and it kills the joy of, of whatever we're doing and whoever we are. And so 
learn and grow and get ideas and all that, but be careful to draw the line and, and put up a, a wall there that says we're not going to compare. We're not better. We're not worse. We just want to be who God's made us to be. And, and there'll be, you know, us fresh sounds and words and songs and fresh anointing. Amen. And it doesn't have, it has nothing to do with what other people are doing, right? You're not trying to outdo or overdo or anything like that. Just being, just get in your lane and go for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ephesians chapter three, and uh, certainly one of my favorite passages in the Bible here. Oh, Avil, did we want to do that thing? What's that? Oh, we already did. Oh, can I show my family again? Yeah. So my wife and my kids, they're somewhere in, they're being digitized right now. They're going to show up here on the wall. But um, so two of my kids are in college, Grace and Daniel. Katie's a junior in high school. There they are. There we are. Um, so that's Daniel in the top next to me. And then my wife, Heather, my daughter, Grace, and my uh, high school junior daughter, Katie, and our snowy background. So we all say, good morning. <laughs> all right, Ephesians chapter three. One of the things that we see here in this chapter is a prayer that Paul prayed for the, for the church in Ephesus. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I always can use more help in my prayer life. And, um, and, and, you know, sometimes, boy, just recently, even I was praying about, you know, there are a lot of things to pray about these days, aren't there? <laughs> uh, and, but I know there've been so many situations, especially in the last year, five years, I don't know, that sometimes you look at a situation and go, I don't even know what to ask for. I don't even know. I know I need to pray because I know only God is bigger than this situation, but God, I, I don't even know where to start. Have you ever felt like that? And to me, one of the greatest places to start is to open the word of God and pray God's word to him. Say, Lord, you said, amen. And so here we have, a, a, a I'll say this, some prayers are, uh, some prayers fit better than other prayers. Uh, in other words, there are some prayers like in the Old Testament that I don't know that, they're, that they apply as well now that you and I are living in the new covenant, right? I don't know that we wanna take all of the prayers out of, let's say, the book of Psalms and pray those today. Uh, like where, where David says, Lord, break the teeth of my enemies. Make their way dark and slippery. Um, you know, then Jesus said, pray for your enemies, love your enemies, bless them. You go, well, David was, you know, that was a different time, okay? <laughs> Um, so you may want to put the break your teeth prayer away. Um, but here we have Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit. I believe Paul had a good prayer life, so he would be somebody we could learn from. But then also the Holy Spirit is inspiring him to write this to us, praying for a New Testament church. We are a New Testament church, aren't we? Amen. So let's start here in verse 14. And I, I really want to land on one particular phrase and then we'll um, kind of jump off from there. Verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Aren't you glad it's one family? It doesn't say all the families. It's not plural there. It says the whole family in heaven and earth. Not only is that true with all the multitude of races and colors and cultures and languages and 
tribes and tongues all over the planet, but not only is that one family, but even the family that's gone on to the other side that's already with the Lord, we're still one family with them. Amen? So then he says in verse 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Then notice verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And very much like what we were doing in praise and worship, we're magnifying God. I just want to take time with you for the next few minutes and just magnify God, magnify the fact that God is love and that God's love for us. You know, if we said, I was thinking about this, you know, I could say, church, I've got a word for you today. Oh, look, here it is. Um, but, but you go, well, you know, man, this is 66 books and tons of chapters and verses and pages and context. How do, how do we, how do we sum up this whole beautiful book right here? God loves you. You go, yeah, but you know, God, that, that, that's what brought me here. That's, you know, God loves you. That's, that may have been the first thing I heard about God. That's how I got saved. You know, are we, are we going back to that? Well, my concern is, did we ever leave that? If we have left the message of how much God loves us and how perfect and beautiful and glorious his love is, we're headed in the wrong direction. Now notice this, this is Paul not praying for the lost. This is Paul praying for a church. And this Ephesus church really you know, you read Corinthians, you read the Galatian letter, you read all these other ones. Uh, there was a lot of correction, right? Churches that had, you know, their, their communion service did, had turned into drunkenness and craziness and leadership problems and carnality and all sorts of stuff. You read the book of Ephesians, this church was doing well. And it's interesting, he's praying for them that God would help them to be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Now, here's a good question. How are we supposed to know something that's beyond knowledge? Well, thankfully, in the original language here, these two words for know are a little bit different. In, in the Amplified, it brings it out this way, that we may know personally through experience for ourselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. Are you with me? Let me put it to you this way. Where we live in Colorado, I can watch YouTube videos about downhill skiing, uh, about doing double black diamond skiing, about these guys that will jump out of helicopters to hit some spots on the mountain that you can't even get to. I can, I can watch that. I can learn about it. I can um, uh, follow somebody on social media who does that. Uh, but you know what? Doesn't mean I've done it. Doesn't mean you're putting me in one of those helicopters. And if you do, it doesn't mean I'm getting out of that helicopter. You, you can put me in and I will be in that helicopter when it lands too on the ground, not on the mountain. 
That's not, that's not my thing. I like life. I have, I have zero confidence in my skiing ability. So I, have, I can have knowledge about skiing, but my wife has a cousin and their son is, you know, even, even in, his, in his tween years, his 11, 12, 13 years old, he would go do double black diamonds all day long. He was one of the top downhill skiers in the whole country for his age group. He knows that kind of skiing personally through experience for himself. Meanwhile, I'm watching YouTube. Very different thing. Are you with me? Some of you singles, it's wonderful. As, as, you're, as maybe you're in a relationship that's God has blessed it and you're moving towards a, a covenant of marriage, that is wonderful. Read the books, go to the seminars, listen to great teaching. But I can tell you marriage that is knowledge without experience is very different than three years in, than 10 years in. My wife and I celebrate 25 this summer. Hallelujah. All of those claps are for God and for her. <laughs> Praise God. Um, but I, 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 wanna, I wanna encourage you this morning. Let's, let's look at some things. The phrase that he uses here in verse number uh, 16, 17, he says that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Now, it's very interesting to me. I, that's just something that's been rolling around in my heart for a number of months now and, and really just seems to be what God keeps pulling me back to for this year is this idea of being rooted downward and then we bear fruit upward, Right? And a lot of times we're very focused on the fruit that we want. We're very focused on, and that can be the fruit of the character of God being developed in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you have room for more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness? I mean, man, I've got, I've got room for all of those. Every part of that, I go, well, there's something growing, but it is, it's none of it, I would say, is fully developed. I have lots of room for growth. But then there's also the fruit, not only that is being produced in me, but then is being produced through me. Amen? And we all, and we focus so much on that in our Christian walk, but that fruit is so completely dependent on the root system of the tree. Jesus said, a good tree bears good fruit. I know that sounds really simple, but so many times we focus on, I want good fruit. So we push harder, we work harder, we volunteer more, we sign up more, we whatever. And that's, that's good, that's fine. You, you figure out what your boundaries are and you stay within them, okay? But at the same time, if I want more fruit and better fruit, what I really wanna do is check out how are my roots doing? Because if the roots of the tree have dried up, if the roots of the tree are sick, if the roots of the tree have a problem, it's only a matter of time until there's gonna be a fruit problem. Are you with me? And a lot of times, especially I think in, in the world and the culture that we live in, our, when we recognize a fruit problem, we attack that issue, which, I mean, that's, that's fair in one sense, but if we're really gonna help ourselves or help others, the real issue is let's nourish 
the root issue, right? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you've got a problem with lying, if you've got a problem with exaggerating, if you've got a problem with the wrong kind of words coming out of your mouth, listen, it's, it, you, we need to do more than just put a rubber band around our wrist and anytime we say something bad, snap the rubber band. That's behavior modification. And listen, that's, that's very much what Jesus came to address is not just clean up the outside, let's deal with the inside. Let's, let's look at that root system. So he says here that we be rooted and grounded in love. And I want to just look at three ideas with you about the love of God. And, and let me just make sure that we clarify this point about the love of God. When I'm talking about love, of course, I'm talking about God himself. God is love. Everybody say God is love. It doesn't say that God has love or that God can love. He is love. God has power. It doesn't say that he is power. Are you with me? But he is love. So the more that we understand and recognize and nourish our hearts and our roots go deep into the love of God, our roots are going into God himself. And, you, and ask yourself this, if, if that's where my roots are going into and just the nourishment and the nutrients and this, this, this transportation system of the roots that's gonna send it all over the rest of the tree, the rest of our lives, when that's into the love of God and into who he really is, think about the kind of fruit that's going to be produced. It's gonna be wonderful. And that's good for us and that's good for the people around us. That's good for your marriage that's good for parenting. That's good for your business. That's good for your neighbors. That's good for your church. That's good for your community. Amen? Amen. And in some ways, the healthier that our root system is, all of this fruitfulness really becomes, I don't want to say automatic because there is effort, but it is so much more automatic than if we're ignoring the root system. Amen? So I just want to look at a couple things with you. First of all, uh, the, the love that God has for us. I think it's interesting that it, is, it, it comes to this. I have three kind of main ideas. The first one is this. The love of God is our identity. Our identity. And I hear this all the time. People are saying, I don't even know who I am. I mean, who am I really though? Okay, here, here's who you are. You are loved. You are loved. Your identity is found in the love of God. To the degree, I think one of the best examples we have is the, is the last uh, about seven chapters or so of the Gospel of John. And every time John refers to himself, how many of you have little kids? Anybody have little kids that like Elmo? I know I'm kind of stretching it. I know it's Sunday morning. I'm not crazy. But Elmo has this habit of always speaking in the third person. He never talks about me, he talks about Elmo says, and Elmo is speaking. So John actually had that third person thing going on also, but every time he would introduce himself to someone or refer to himself in his own gospel, he'd always say, uh, and then the disciple whom Jesus loves. He would never use his own name. So he, instead of using the name John, he would say, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Now, over the years, I've had a number of different business cards. I used to have one that says, Pastor of Victory Church in Bangkok. 
I, I've had one that I was selling TV commercials. I've had, I don't know, we've all probably worn lots of hats. John had one. Didn't say, didn't say uh, inner circle disciple. It didn't say I leaned on the, the, the chest of Jesus in the Last Supper. I mean, Michelangelo, he, he got me. My, my good side was showing as I leaned. I was at the cross. Everybody else left, but I was at the cross. I am the caretaker of Mary. He didn't, none of those, he had, I'm a gospel writer. I'm an epistle writer. I'm a church planter. I'm an apostle of the lamb. He's got lots of cool titles. He didn't use any of them. His chief and, and primary anchor point of his identity. He didn't even say brother of James. I've got three brothers. I love them. Four. No long story. At any rate, uh, but my, my family relationship, my jobs, all those things, it's not my identity. Because listen, those things change. Come on, after 2020, you got to know those things change. Things that we took for granted. <laughs> it's not as granted as we thought they were. But you know what doesn't change? Come on, we're rooted deep in and grounded securely on the love of God. Hi, my name is Hain. I am the disciple that Jesus loves. That's my identity. That's who I am. Now, I find it very interesting. Listen, a lot of, a lot of believers today, they get so close and they introduce themselves as, hey, my name's Hain. I'm the disciple that loves Jesus a lot. Yeah, Close, but we missed it. You go, no, 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 don't say that. This is Sunday morning in a church. We're supposed to love Jesus. I know, but the point that John brought out is this, is if we want to love him, we love him because he first loved us. You go, ah, oh, I want to love Jesus more. Then get a greater revelation. Send your roots down deeper and wider and richer into the love of God. And the more that you see how much he loves you, the automatic response is, I love you. I love you more than yesterday because I have a better picture, a bigger picture, a deeper understanding of how much you love me. It is responsive, our love to him. And we've got these precious worship songs that talk about that we're telling God, God, I'll never let go of your hand. Pardon me? I have, I have thousands of questions about that. Is he trying to get away? Do I need to hold on to the hand of God like he's trying to pull away like my kids at the grocery store? Years ago, not now. That's a, that story worked 10 years ago. It doesn't work now. Are you with me? No, come on. Who loves who here? By comparison, our love for God is a speck compared to his love for you. You know, we sing, God, I, you know, I commit my life to you. And he's going, what are you do you, do you have even a, a fraction of an idea of how much I am committed to you? God, I love you. And he's going, yeah, I love you more. You know, that whole thing. I love you more. God wins that one <laughs> in every way. God, I'm dedicated to you. He goes, yeah, I am infinitely dedicated to you. Our, all, of, all of our direction from man, from humans to God is, is just a response to what God has for us and to us.
in every way. His commitment to you, his love for you, his, his, his holding on to your hand. Come on, who, who is the one who from time to time might have just a, a lapse of judgment or lapse of focus and go, no, I, I don't think I wanna do this anymore. That, that's us, not God. Come on now, are you with me? But who we are, listen, hear hear this very clearly this morning, please. You are made by God and you are made for God. You are created to be in a relationship with him. That's where our lives start to work properly is when we're in relationship with God. Amen? Number two, here's a beautiful part of what the love of God does as we are rooted in it and what, it, what does it produce in us. First of all, it produces our identity, unshakable, unchangeable. But it also produces this. The Bible says, John said this in 1 John. He said that perfect love, that would be God's love to us, perfect love casts out all fear. Is there anything that is more prevalent in our world today than fear? That, I mean, it is just constant. Open up any app, open, look at any news story uh, uh, in any country about any topic, about, you know, it could be politics or finance or healthcare or parenting, or crossing the street, or the weather, or sports. It's just, everything is just flooded with fear. And God says, I want you to be rooted and grounded in love, and it makes us bulletproof to fear. Listen, not because we're so tough, not because we're marching around in the armor of God, that's fine, but listen, listen, it is, our answer to fear is not I bind you fear. I rebuke you fear. Fear, meh, that's useless. You don't, don't flex your muscles at fear. What do you say? You stand in front of fear and you say, my father loves me. I cast all of my cares, worry, and anxiety upon him because he cares for me. The Amplified says he cares for me affectionately and he cares about me watchfully. While you're sleeping, he's looking out for every part of your life. That helps me sleep at night. I go, oh yeah, but what about, what about God goes, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. Why don't you go back to sleep and I'll take care of it. That's a great idea, Lord, I need the rest. (laughs) Amen, come on now. All right, final thought here is this is that the, it is the love of God that produces strong faith. It's interesting, you can study the subject of faith all day and it doesn't produce faith. What produces faith is the love of God. Remember in Mark chapter one, there was a leper who came to Jesus and he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he had confidence that Jesus had the power, Jesus had a healing anointing, Jesus had the the supernatural power and ability to destroy leprosy that was killing him. He had great confidence in the power, but still nothing was happening. 
because he had a huge question. And the question was, with all that power, do you love me enough? Are you willing to use that power for me? What if you only love some people? What if, uh, what if you know, it's like winning the lottery. What if, oh, you know what, I had, I, it was three and a half or four years ago and I wasn't in the right place and, you know, those planets align. I just, I wasn't right in the right spot. And, you know, maybe you have some other purpose. You're trying to teach me something or, and it's beautiful. So he says, Lord, I know you can. I just don't know if you will. The willingness speaks to the love of God. And Jesus answered. Listen, he didn't have to say, can I get back with you on that? I need to talk to the Father because you know this whole will, the will of God, it's so mysterious. It's so mysterious. Oh, it's so, he, not in this one. No hesitation. No hesitation. As soon as those words came out of his mouth, he said, Lord, I know you can, but are you willing? And Jesus jumped right in. And, and now this is, this is a leper. He's contagious. Don't touch him. He's not even supposed to be this close to Jesus in the first place. And Jesus reaches out his hand and touches him. I got to wonder how long has it been since a healthy hand touched this leper? The only touch that guy has had for years has been other lepers. And all of a sudden, Jesus of all people reaches out and touches him and says, now I know King James or whatever translation, he, he says, I am willing. And it sounds like that. I am willing, 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 willing. But actually, that falls short of really the, the translation here. The idea is this, Jesus said, it would be my pleasure. Jesus was saying, that's exactly why I'm here today, man. I'm so glad that you asked because that's why I'm here. Willing, I'm eager. It would be my pleasure. There's nothing that I would enjoy more. And he touches him. You know what? The Bible doesn't say he was healed when Jesus touched him. Is there healing in touch? Absolutely. The Bible talks a lot about laying hands on the sick. But even the anointing needs faith to flow. And the faith came when this guy heard, when he got the knowledge that Jesus said, I am willing, it would be my pleasure. This is what I want to do for you. And he was cleansed. The love of God is our identity. The love of God helps us walk through fear. And the love of God produces strong faith inside of us to receive from God, to resist the devil, to walk in relationship with God because he loves us. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I just, I just want to encourage you when we're talking about this idea of, of our roots going down, I would encourage you just in your mind, close your eyes for a minute. Just, just in your mind, just stand there. I know we just celebrated Christmas a few weeks ago, but in your mind, can you just stand there in that stable? Can you stand over by the, the manger and look down into the hay? And, and it's, not, it's not a baby animal. It's, there's, a, there's a human baby in the hay. Why would there be a baby there? And not just any baby, this is the Son of God. And what does that tell me? He loves me. He came for me. There's no price too great. The fact that Jesus came from heaven to earth, he loves us. Stand at the cross 
Look at Jesus suffering and dying and bleeding for you. He loves you. He loves you. He did it because he loves you. Stand at the empty tomb. He loves you. Stand at the upper room. He loves you. Stand here this morning in this place. God loves you. Hallelujah.